In order to make a meaningful difference in life, you have to connect. You have to engage, you must learn, teach, and love. According to Jade Tita, these are the key steps in becoming a next-level human. Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you will hear the real-world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master. Their health, productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and world championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today. And without further ado, let's jump right in. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to episode number 79 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Today, I bring back on the show my buddy Jade Tita to share his vision of helping you become a next level human. You see, there are three factors more important to your success in life than anything else. More important than your IQ, your social or your emotional intelligence. And those factors are the belief that you have in yourself, the belief others have in you, and the ability to turn stress, hurt, tragedy, and pain into fuel for growth. All three of these factors are enhanced by other people. Jay Tita is a naturopathic doctor. He's a metabolism expert and weight loss psychology expert who believes that to make a meaningful difference in this world, we need other people to succeed and they need us. We need connection, engagement, and support. And these are the imperatives that any next level human lives by, to learn, to teach, and to love. As you may recall, Dr. Jay Tita is an integrative physician. He's an author and sought after expert in the realm of metabolism and self-development. And he was previously a guest on episode number 29, which is one of my most popular episodes where we discuss all things metabolism and weight loss. More recently, Jade has created a new company that really combines his fitness knowledge with his expertise in self-development and mindset change, in addition to writing a couple new books, Next Level Tribe and Next Level Human, which is much of what we discuss on the show today. So without further ado, here is Jade Tita. Jade Tita, welcome back to the show, brother. How you doing? What's up, man? Good to see you, bro. Good to see you too, man. It's so nice to have you back. I got to say that, you know, the first episode that we did, um, all about metabolism, that was episode number 29. If you guys are listening, you have not listened to that episode. I think it's one of my most popular to date. So make sure you check that out. Yeah, it was a really good one. I really enjoyed it. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on that show. So uh, if you guys haven't listened to it, uh, obviously listen to this one first, then head back over and check out uh, bslnutrition.com forward slash episode 29. Now, man, we are at episode 79, and uh, a lot has happened, right? Moving uh, right along. We're moving along, <laughs> and, and uh, we've been cruising through nutrition and health and fitness and supplementation, and I've been talking a lot about mindset and having a lot of great guests on purpose and meaning, and I, you know, as, ta- as I was talking to you just briefly, is I think it's so important for us to have a deeper meaning as we navigate through life, as we start to make change in our life, and as we try to make change. And some of the stuff that you're doing with your next level human is really resonating with me right now. And that's part of why I wanted to have you back on the show, not only for my own personal benefit, just because I love talking with you. And, and again, I really resonate with this stuff, but also for our, our listeners, because I can think it can help them make a deeper connection uh, as they as they make transitions in their life, so uh, w- tell us a little bit. I mean, let's let's start general and, and work our way deep. But what what's going on with this next level tribe, next level human stuff, Jade? So you know, we we humans as we kind of grow from children to adolescents to adults, we mature in many different ways, and we have many different areas of our personality that change. And I've been a student, as I know you are, of psychology and philosophy for quite a long time. It's actually funny because people say, when I talk to people at, you know, um, events and things like that, they go, what's your area of expertise? And of course, I, I usually say metabolism because that's what I've known for. But for me personally, what a lot of people don't know is I actually think my greater area of expertise is probably in psychology and the idea of the psychology of change, 
um, the biology of belief, the uh, ways in which we humans uh, evolve to mm. have better lives, because I've been doing that, I think, probably the longest. Now, to start this discussion, we have to sort of understand there are many different types of uh, personality traits. So, for example, Ben and I may be um, more of a taker. He might be more of a uh, giver. Some people you know might be more matchers, like you do for them and they'll do for you. We also have different attachment styles, right? Some people are more avoidant. Some people are more anxious. Some people are more secure. We all have heard about the different personality types of optimist and pessimist and realist and this kind of thing. So we have all these different um, psychological traits. And many of you have probably gone online and taken some of these quizzes to determine various aspect, aspects of your personality. What I did is take all of that information and essentially distill it down into a model that I believe is much more simpler and workable for us as we begin to mature. And that is this next level human model. So I'll take you through that real quick and then I'll see where awesome. you wanna go with this, Ben. Yeah, to right me, on. When we look at all these different personality traits and the way we humans show up in the world, there's three different types of humans. Um, there are what I call base level humans. And a base level human is somebody, you can almost think of this like children. They are the center of their universe. They're pretty much all that they're aware of. And their major sort of psychological sort of goal is safety, right? And so they are very fear reactive. And they kind of have this philosophy of me against the world. And so I know this, I say children because children are reliant on other people and they are also the, only, the center of their own universe. Many adults grow up and still relate as children. They're still sure. sort of in this base level state where they are, um, all, it's all about them, it's all about winning, and it's all about me against the world. And we know people like this, the sort of victim mindset, the blame and complain mindset, the people who want to take advantage of the system, whether they're a white collar banker who wants to rig the system in their favor, or whether they're an inner city person who wants to try to take advantage of you know, um, handouts and things like that. They can mm -hmm. be either one, but base level types want to take advantage. They want to win, they want you to lose. Now, the next level up is sort of the adolescent way of being, which is like all of a sudden you realize you're not the center of the universe anymore and you want to fit in. I call this the culture level types. These are the individuals who are looking to be on a team and they want very much to fit in. And this is the vast majority of us humans. We are culture level type of individuals where we are essentially looking and trying to fit into a team and then any other team that is different, we want to hate on or put down. This type of approach is a very vertical sort of relationship. It's sort of like vertical hierarchies. We believe that we're better, some people are lower. And what we wanna do is get our team ahead and uh, not really care too much about other teams versus a very horizontal hierarchy, which is like, you know, Ben might be on the 80 yard line in the, on the football field, um, and I might be on the 20, but on the soccer field, I'm ahead of Ben. So there's these different level of hierarchies. Vertical hierarchy is the cultural level construct, right? Got, a, got my team is better than your team. We see this all the time too, right? We see it in uh, politics. We sure. see it in religion. We even see it in nutritional teams and mining your space, Absolutely. right? It's like paleo is better than keto, which is vegan is better than, and we do this thing. And this is a very culture level. Now, next level is different than that. Next level is, to me, the next level up from that. And that is the level of a human whose primary goal set is not to win, which would be base level, and not to fit in, which would be culture level, but would be to grow, to grow and get better. So their primary sort of bent on life, their primary goal set is to learn and grow. And so they have this idea that I want to get better, not just for yeah. myself, but for team human. And so when you ask, Jade, what is the deal with this next level human way of looking at things? To me, it's about this. 
We each are all three of these. Some of us know when we go base level. It's just where are we uh, mostly centered? Are we mostly centered in base level behavior? Are we mostly centered in culture level behavior? Or are we mostly centered mm -hmm. in next level behavior? And that's why I call it next level human. Yeah. Higher level human. Because higher level human would be the culture level mindset, right? I'm better than you. Next level human says, I'm trying to get to my next level. And I see inherent worth in you. That every human, no matter where they are in the world, has something to teach and to offer. Whereas culture levels and base levels would be like, no, I'm better than you. Some people are just inherently, you know, bad and other humans are inherently good. And I'm on the right side of, you know, the argument and you're on the wrong side of the argument instead of realizing there's something to be learned from everyone. So this is the idea. And my way of looking at it is that we humans, each of us crave beyond anything else to matter and make a difference in the world. And in order to do that, in order to develop purpose in life and get centered on where we're going, we have to transcend base level and culture level behavior and get to more of our next level selves. That's the only way we can really create meaning, purpose, fulfillment in life. So that's the construct in a nutshell. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, and one of the things that I appreciate about as you describe the next level human is, you know, you, you suggest that the next level human operates by the three imperatives, right, which is to learn to teach and to love and, and just the, the idea that we're all in this together. And by me helping you, you helping me, we all grow and accelerate together. And I just think it's so impactful to transition our thought into that paradigm as opposed to I'm out for myself or I'm only helping you because I know that you're going to help me back. Yep. Um, and so, you know, being in the fitness and nutrition industry and wanting to help as many people grow as possible and overcome their struggles, we realized very early on, or at least I realized that we can't go it alone. And that social support likely is the most valuable tool that we have at our disposal in order to overcome these struggles. Um, and so how do you help people or suggest people kind of navigate uh, these tiers of growth in their life? The, the first thing is to, you know, and many of you may have heard this before, but I want you to just kind of hopefully hear it a little differently this time. To me, it's sort of like this, how we show up in the world as humans will be the way that people show up to us. And so it's a very simple thing, right? So think about this, right? Whether you're in, whether it's your significant other, a good friend, a business partner, a coworker, what we humans tend to do, and we get it all wrong, is we go, I want this person to see me, respect me, understand me. And if they don't, what we do is we go base level or culture level with it. They, I just know better. They're not smart enough. They're, you know, blah, 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 right? We even use words like toxic people and things like that. And I hate these kinds of terms because when you say a toxic person, to me, and just hear me out here because I know many people will get triggered. That's part of why we're having this discussion. Go ahead and get triggered and just try this on for size. Just to use the word toxic people or toxic relationship says you're operating more from a culture level or base level mindset because ultimately no one can be toxic to you unless you allow it. To me, it's very similar to you and I talking about BPA and plastics and things like that, toxins that we might want to avoid. So what do we do? We basically make sure that we construct our lifestyle in a way where we're using glass and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, using less, you know, um, plastics and things like that. It's the same thing. If you're complaining about toxic people, you yourself have not realized that it's you who is potentially toxic, at least in the things that you tolerate. And so then you have yes. to be different. So the ways that we grow is to first go, how do I want people to show up for me? That's a very base level and culture level way of thinking about it. And then you go, oh, wait, 
how do I want to show up for people to model how I want them to show up for me? And that's a very next level way of looking at it. In other words, if you want a thing, give the thing, right? And give it not with the expectation that that person is going to give it back, but with the knowledge that you are growing them and you are settled in the fact that you will grow elsewhere. And that's what we need to do. Culture level and ba- culture level stuff is a very transactional matcher type of thing. You do for me, I do for you. Base level is a very, I'll take from you and I don't care what happens to you. Next level is this thing is I'm going to default to giving the thing I want yeah. and trust that that's going to come back to me in some way, shape or form. And I don't care if it comes from you or not. That's not my job. I don't expect you to reciprocate. I don't even really expect you to acknowledge. I just know by me putting this out into the world, I am going to get that back somewhere else. So what happens is I start looking at life through a different lens. I do what I do as a good human, you know, hashtag be a good human, right? Right. And I don't expect the people that I'm being a good human to, to be a good human back. I just have my lens out here. So I'm seeing other good humans. So what I'm doing is it's a pay it forward type of uh, mindset in a sense, but I'm not looking backwards expecting these people to pick me up. I'm simply doing my work in the world. And that's what I mean. Think, Think about this. We all know someone in our lives who along the way, whether it was a teacher, a parent, a brother, sister, a friend who selflessly put themselves out for us and who by doing that, made us better and made us want to be better. And what we have to understand as humans is that we have that opportunity every time we run into someone, every time we interact, we have the opportunity to do that. I'll give you an example. And this is just try this on for size because it's an interesting way of looking at it. The other day I was um, having dinner with friends and um, I I was going to pick up the tab and the service was horrible. And the, the, the service person was rude as hell to us, right? And so I have an opportunity here, right? Most people would be like, oh, well, that's a very culture level thing. I'm going to match them. And they're either right. not going to get a tip or I'm going to, you know, um, say something. What do you think I did? And this is a practice of mine. I left that person a huge tip. Now, why did I do that? I didn't do it for me. So that they're so the the people at the table they didn't even see what I left. So the people at the table would be like, "Oh, Jade's awesome." That would be coming at it from a culture level standpoint. Hey, look at me! I want some status. I did it because I was like, "This is an opportunity for this person who's very base level, this server who's being very base level." I don't know why. Stress pushes us to base level, kicks in our survival instinct. Sure. Maybe. Maybe she broke up with her boyfriend that day. Maybe the boss there was being a pain in the ass. Maybe she's having financial difficulty. Maybe there's a million different wounds that she's tapped into at that moment, right? That I know nothing about. But when I leave this tip, to me, it's far more important for me to leave it then than if she was great because I'm hoping for her and I don't expect it because it may not work. But still, it's just a way that I do it that she looks at that and goes, wow, and checks her behavior. The last thing we want to do when we're confronted with someone who is challenging us is to tell them they suck. Because what are they going to do? They're going to suck worse. If you tell, so let's just go to your significant other. If, if you're with them and you keep telling them, you never do the dishes. You suck at the dishes. Very few people are going to be like, you know what? I really do suck at the dishes. Maybe I should get better at doing the dishes. Yeah, sure. And the way it's going to work is if you just, if you even see them move, you know, a, a dish just even near the dishwasher, the better thing to do is be like, thanks so much for always helping. Right? That's right. Thanks so much for always helping. And that's going to be more likely for them to continue to do that behavior. Now we have to be careful because there are two types of people in the world. One type goes, oh yeah, I always do help. Thanks for noticing and then never do anything. And then the other type will be like, yeah, I know I'm not the best at it, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. The types that go, yeah, I do help when they're really not. Those are the types you have to put up boundaries with. So this next level way of being is not about being a pushover. Next level humans have right. very clear boundaries. That's what I was going to yeah. you, you do things in my mind. 
Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say, you, you know, it's one thing to to be open and responsive and and, and kind of want to do your best uh, to grow and help other people grow, uh, but you also have to set clear boundaries because we're very responsible for, you know, the type of people that are in our life. And I think a lot of us get in trouble with either, you know, a lot of us are people pleasers, right? And, and, and therefore we want to do everything that we can to do just that. But by virtue of doing that, we spread ourselves far too thin and we end up doing everything for everyone except for ourselves in many situations. And so, you know, one of the things that you talk about, um, I believe in your next level tribe book is, is just that kind of taking responsibility for the type of people in our life and, 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 essentially teaching people how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. This idea of people pleasing is very culture level. It's very culture level. Now, again, there's nothing bad or good about this. Just realize I'm very culture level a lot of time. I like status. I like if Ben looks at me and goes, Jade, you're looking good. You're looking muscular, looking lean, right. or some, somebody notices my work, or whatever. That's a culture level thing. It's not bad. But the next level way of doing things is interesting because people think they want to go, oh, base level's good, culture level not so, our base level's bad, culture level not so good, next level's the best way, they must be the nicest people. Actually, they're not in that situation because next level types have evolved to the fact that they know that if they are always nice and never have boundaries, that they will be used up. Actually, Adam Grant talks about this in his book, Give and Take, and I talk about it in Next Level Tribe, me and Danny Coleman in my book, Next Level Tribe. I'll I'll give everyone listening how to deal with this. The research goes like this. If we look at different reciprocity styles, givers versus takers versus versus matchers, and you can go online if you want to know which one you are, you can go online and take a a quiz, you know, on reciprocity styles. Go on Google and say, you know, determining your reciprocity style quiz. But anyway, what they found in the working world, this this research was done in um, corporate America, uh, is that givers fared the worst out of all the reciprocity styles. And they Mm. also fared the best out of all the reciprocity styles. So there was this weird dichotomy of a certain type of giver that actually fared the worst and did the worst and a certain type of giver who did the best. So you found this Givers were at the bottom of the pile in terms of how they were producing and overwhelm and burnout, and they were also at the top of the pile. So then the researchers wanted to go and be like, well, what makes a good giver versus a bad giver, like someone who's burnt out from giving, the people pleaser types who get taken advantage of, versus the givers who everyone loves but don't get taken advantage of. And it was very much the idea of boundaries. In mm-hmm. other words, and by boundaries, what they meant is that Givers with boundaries are able to change their reciprocity style. So if I'm hanging out with Ben, and let's just use an example, and um, Ben is always picking up the tab for me. I never offer. And Ben is always giving great advice, and, and I'm always taking, and I'm always asking for favors, and he's always giving, and I'm always asking and asking and asking. And it's happening so much that Ben is now getting burnt out and overwhelmed, right? Now, what happens is if Ben is the bad type of giver, the type that gets burnt out, he's going to continue to let me do that. If he's the good type of giver, what he's going to do is he's going to become a matcher. He's going to be like, I'm not picking up another tab or putting myself out for Jade until or unless he then puts out for me as well. Because you can't change a taker by continuing to be a giver. The only way you change a taker is by, by becoming a matcher. And then they energetically starve unless they also become a matcher. So isn't it funny that we oftentimes think, oh, I'll kill them with kindness and eventually they'll come around. No, Mm -hmm. many people don't. Some do, but many do not. What many people do is go, oh, that's a person I can take advantage of subconsciously, of course. So a next level human understands this and goes, okay, that's one of those. They're not a toxic person. I have to necessarily adjust my way of being so that they become less toxic to me. See what I mean? Like when you label someone toxic, you're basically saying they're the problem, right? Which perhaps they are if you look around in their life. But the point is, is that you take one of the things next level humans do is they go, if it's in my sphere of awareness, whether I am the cause of it or not, 
It is my responsibility to fix it if I want it fixed. And so in order to fix this negative relationship of being taken advantage of, we have to create the boundary. Yeah. We, don't, we can't expect this person to change. So if you're a giver, you become a matcher. You do that with takers always, and then they will either go away and find someone else to suck the life out of. And I know you're very similar to this. One of the things you can do, because givers love to give, and if you want to be that next level human, you can still every once in a while pick up the tab for me or put your energy out for me. And by doing that, it's a way for you to vet me to say, did Jay change or not? Is he becoming more of a giver? Or will he go right back to being a taker if I, if I do that? So every once in a while, you go back to giving to me. And it's an opportunity for you to vet me yeah. as a friend. And then what can happen is this boundary is very clear. You just don't let people cross it. And what's really interesting is there's no need to, at, when you do that, to have, you know, I'm just going to ghost this person or I'm going to do this or that. Your behavior tells them exactly. And they'll, they usually go away. Mm -hmm. that's how a next level human or a, a giver who is um, mature and um, understands this dynamic behaves. Hey brother, are you struggling to find the energy to function at your best as a businessman, father, and husband? I want you to know you're not alone. And sadly, the conventional wisdom these days around healthy eating and exercise that has saturated the mainstream is flat out wrong. If you want to find the solution to optimizing your energy and body composition without restrictive dieting, soul-crushing workouts, or adding more to your already stressful and overflowing schedule so that you can finally function like the man you know you can be, then we need to chat. Are you ready to move from exhausted to energized by working smarter, not harder? Go ahead and schedule your free strategy call at www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. I'm looking forward to our conversation and enjoy the rest of the show. I mean, this is profound. Um, and it seems to me that so much of this, we would develop as a, almost a learned behavior by virtue of, of the people that we surround ourselves with. You know, I mean, I'm, I just turned 40 yesterday and happy birthday, man. Oh, thanks, that's man. a big one, man. Yeah, that was a big one. Uh, it was, it was crazy too. Uh, cause my wife threw me this surprise birthday party. Like I had no idea. And, uh, <laughs> you're like, babe, I didn't need this on my 40th. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a good one, but it was, man, it was incredible. Uh, not to divert too much. And I think it's along the same wavelength, but man, talking about feeling like just overwhelmed and just grateful. And, you know, she had my buddies from like Minnesota had flown in and from Oregon and from whatever, all over the place. And, uh, you know, just kind of when I walked in, like just scanning the room and seeing all of the people from the different kind of area eras of my life, and just trying to process all of that uh, together was so overwhelming, but, you know, filled me with so much gratitude to the degree that, like, I really feel like it's taken me up a level in terms of, you know, and, and part of we talk about giving and, and we talk about culture level and, and sort of I was thinking to myself as, as I was kind of getting ready for this podcast and knew I was going to talk to you, I was thinking to myself about that and thinking, would I have, you know, if my buddy's wife in Minnesota had said that she's going to throw a surprise party, would I have, you know, gone out of my way to, to go out there? And I think that truthfully, I think that there's certain friends that I would have and certain friends that maybe I wouldn't have. And, you know, one of the things that was so overwhelming for me was one of my buddies, one of my grad school friends, my grad school roommates, like we've been going back and forth for probably eight years on just getting, you know, linking up, like just getting our families together and, and both being tight on cash. And I knew he couldn't afford it. And then I saw him, you know, I saw him there in the room and I was like, dude, that's like, that's dude. a good friend yeah. right there. And so, you know, my point here in, in, in circling back is I think that a lot of life experiences lend themselves to leveling up so to speak. Um, but also, I, I really do believe that we 
probably need to be very diligent and assertive about the type of people that we surround ourselves with. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, you know, actually, it's really interesting research on um, older adults, um, you know, people in their 70s and 80s, basically shows that they tend to be much happier with their social um, group, and they have much, much less friends. So it's really interesting, right? So what they what happens as we tend to get older is we tend to be very selective about who we keep in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so part of what I think this says is that hopefully as people are aging, they're becoming more next level and they're surrounding themselves with only uh, sort of next level individuals. And I'll say another thing about um, turning 40 and this midlife, you know, sort of a way of, uh, you know, approaching life. And the reason why I think it's so important to celebrate because what happens is, and, and I actually, uh, it's funny, I, I actually was reading this morning, so I don't know if you know Alan Baton, but this, this book is a book, this guy is fantastic, right? I just read uh, the previous one, uh, what's it called, uh, Culture of Love or? Um, Course of Love? Course of Love, I just finished it. Mm -hmm. Course of, and, course and so of Love. so yeah. when you were talking yeah. about the different types of people, like an anxiety, uh, I don't remember exactly what the terminology was, but the way people deal with their emotions, whether they're closed off and they shut yep. down or they cling or. Um, anxious, it's a attachment theory. A anxious types right. are the types that, um, you know, basically want to cling to you when, when they feel, you know, threatened or uh, threatens to the, to the relationship. Avoidant right. types are the types that when they get closer, they want to back away and secure types are able to come in and in and out of this. But I think what's important for us to understand is what Alan Day Baton talks about, and I think it's a beautiful way of talking about it, is he talks about this idea that the midlife crisis is a misnomer. It really should be called the midlife awakening. And mm -hmm. what it is, is that what is happening, and, and as you scan the room at your 40th, you know, yesterday, which is really cool that, you know, that we're having yeah. this discussion, what you're able to do is you can almost see, and I would say everyone should do this, you can almost see your evolution as a human, the different people that you've been involved with and how you may have been more base level with certain people and how you may have been more culture level with certain people. And also the idea that what do you want to do now, right? It's sort of like Absolutely. I've lived half my life probably. And what yeah. am I going to do in the next half? And so Alan de Baton talks about the midlife period as the final opportunity to escape adolescence, the final opportunity to give up the cult in my vernacular, to give up the culture level mindset, the idea that my team is better than your team, the judgments of I am better than you, the right. all of these kinds of things it's your opportunity to leave that stuff behind. And this is why, by the way, oftentimes, like in my case, um, you'll see many people in midlife, they'll do a lot of different things that potentially will create, that are culture level based, cheating, lying, um, buying fancy stuff, spending too much money, doing all this status based stuff primarily. And then oftentimes it goes horribly wrong or they feel completely empty or if they're very unlucky they never get challenged and they continue on being an adolescent until right. they're 80 and they die they just continue on as a culture level or base level human we all know people like that but this midlife period which um doesn't have to happen in midlife by the way i know a few very few people who who figured this out in their 20s mm -hmm. most don't though and most right. never do but this is the final opportunity to go, I am going to, from this moment forward, begin to create meaning, purpose, make a difference in the world for myself, for others. And I do put next level humans, I do think that construct is a very important thing to understand. It is at first selfish. What ends up happening is you have to go, in order for me, to be the best human I can be for team human, not just my family team, immediate family, not just my extended family, not just my friends and coworkers and peers, but the person, the random people that I meet and run into at the coffee shop or the grocery store or whatever, in order for me to be the best human I can be, I have to put myself first. 
I have to put, it's like the airplane oxygen mask. I have to put my mask on first before I help others. And so there's this recognition, first of all, to be like, I need to take care of myself first. Now, a base level type and a culture level type human will take that and go, screw everybody. It's me against the world, right? And a lot of people do. They run into problems. Things happen. Someone cheats on them. Someone passes away. They lose a job. And that pain and that suffering forces them backwards in their growth. That happens a lot. They become more base level. We all know people like this, right? They become shells of their former selves. They become these crotchety old men and women, right? Yeah. But there's also the opportunity to use that pain and that suffering as a path towards growth. It's a very stoic way of looking at it. Pain is the path to growth. Suffering is the source to growth and healing. And so what ends up happening is one thing I could say, if you're one of these people listening to this and you're still holding on to old hurts or you've just been hurt, understand that this is in my mind, your opportunity once and for all to pick yourself off and decide this next level. I'm going to become a next level human. I'm going to grow myself out of this and I'm going to grow others out of this. And that's where purpose comes from, by the way, Ben, in my opinion, I'd love to hear what you think about this. To me, most people go, I want to find my purpose. I'd love to find my purpose. You do not find your purpose. That's an idiotic concept to me. You create it out of what you've been through, right? So you have Ben and I right now have signature strengths. He has a skill set. He's a good communicator. He has certain education uh, you know, to his name. He's got a vast amount of experience to what he does. Same, do, same to me. And all we need to do is take that education, that experience, and then marry our pain and suffering and frustrations to it and decide how we're going to grow and teach out of that. And what most people do, and the reason they miss purpose and fulfillment is they simply stay stuck in culture level and they never marry their pain. They don't realize that their pain is actually the path to purpose. I, mm-hmm. I have this, um, this thing right behind me, this, uh, it's one of my favorite paintings. And if you look at this particular woman, she is deeply wounded. You could see there's all these explosions going on all over her body, right? Well, to me, that's what each of us humans look like on the inside. If we own it and accept it and use it, it can become beautiful. This painting may scare some people to look at. Others may find it interesting and beautiful. What I think is that if we begin to see our pain and our suffering as the source to creating purpose and meaning, that is how it happens. And we simply just choose that. We simply choose it. So I'd be interested to see what, you, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think we need the, the pain and the failure, quote unquote failure, and the suffering in order to help us grow. And it's having the mindset of, of using it as fuel, as a trajectory to continue to move forward and say, okay, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow. I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to take the next step forward as opposed to backtracking or backstepping and getting caught in those uh, whether base level human or culture level human. And I think a lot of it, you know, I can see how like social media can lend itself to staying stuck mm-hmm. in, in certain elements. And, and, and one of the things that's really been overwhelming for me over the last few days is, is as we talk about this idea of purpose and meaning and my responsibility for my tools and the people that I serve and my family and, and legacy and, and really making an impact is, is one is, is just all of, all of these things, like all of the pain that I've been through. But, but the other thing is for the people that have come before me, have laid the foundation. And these are like my ancestors. And, you know, my, my father just gave me a, an old pocket watch that was my great grandfather's who migrated to New York in 1890 and started a, a women's clothing line in New York city and it overcame so many of my ancestors have overcome terrible hardship through, you know, um, just migrating through Eastern Europe and through Nazi Holocaust. And, and, and so when you put those things, I mean, these are people that likely 
didn't have an option to be base level or culture level. It was by virtue of these circumstances and hardship that instantly propelled them into a certain uh, quality of living that if they wanted to survive. And I take, um, you know, I think that there's deep meaning in that for me to, to live on that legacy and to look beyond just what I personally want at this given time, which so many of us can get lost into. And it, I mean, this is, you know, it takes, like you said, I mean, there's people that identify this with earlier on in life. It's taken me 40 years now. And, but, but I have a, a lot more clarity in where I want to continue to grow, which, which leads me to be more excited than I've ever been about, you know, turning another year older, especially 40, which so many people look at as being, oh man, you know, it's, that's a big one, yeah. but it's exciting for me. So, you know, that's, that's where my head's at. Yeah. You know, it's funny because for me, I'm 45 now, wish I had grown up faster, you know, sooner, but to mm-hmm. me, my forties are my best time simply because just what you said, I have clarity now. And it's not that I'm not in pain and lonely at times and all the things that all of us humans feel, it's that I know now very clearly that those feelings are um, a potential for me. If I use them, it's almost like becoming a uh, emotional alchemist. If I feel fear and anger and sadness and all these things, I just simply ask myself, how do I use this to grow myself or to help someone else? And that yeah. literally is, you know, it really is those three imperatives. I'm like, how do I learn is to learn, teach, or love slash share. And every time I do that, it, it fixes. It's like, it's like this positive loop versus not being aware and just letting that stuff eat at me. Yeah. A lot of this has to do with forgiving ourselves, forgiving others. And one thing I'll say that you brought up that I think is very telling is if you look at history, right? If you take something like the Holocaust and some of these atrocities that's, that have happened in the world, What ends up happening is what? Usually, we have a, um, historically speaking, we have this great collective pain, and then we have these amazing sort of healing responses. Like, you know, so I think humans, like we can look and pick out, we tend to, we go, oh, they suck, they suck, they suck, they suck. I now, as I become more in this mindset, go, they're amazing, they are amazing. Oh my God, they're amazing, even on social media. You know, I no longer do this, who the hell do they think they are thing that I was doing when I was more culture level. Now Mm. I just go, I love that they are sharing. And yeah, maybe they're not yet the expert that they claim to be, but I'm on their team because I'm like, you're on, go do your thing. And I think historically speaking, when you think about history as a whole, these tragic events lead to healing and tons and thousands of good people rising up because they they realize, what do I want to do with this? And, you know, millions of people have died. How do I want to make meaning? And we see yeah. some of the best works, you know, Victor Frankl and these books that will last millions, you know, thousands and thousands of years probably came out of these sort of uh, tragic moments. And it's the same for us in our tragic moments. We can um, just choose. This is how I will move forward with this. So here's what me and Ben both know this. You all listening to this right now, I know that some of you are in deep, deep pain. Most of you are. How do I know that? Because you're human. You are human. The Buddhists say life is dukkha, meaning life is suffering. There's no way of getting out of suffering. It's just what we have to deal with here. But the trick is to choose what you will suffer for and the meaning you will make out of it. That's where purpose comes from. People just go, you know, I don't know what my meaning is. I don't know what my purpose is. If you don't know, it's because you've never taken a deep look at your pain and decided how you want to fix that for yourself and others. And by the way, if you want to fix your own pain, go fix that pain in others. It will lead you to the path to your own pain. That is the simplest thing I can tell you. If you want to heal your pain, stop thinking that that person is going to come back and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry or someone's gonna come and give you reparations for whatever went wrong. They are not. 
It's not going to happen. The only way you get over that is to go and give reparations to someone else. You forgive someone else. You forgive yourself. You solve someone else's pain. You give them a leg up. You become the source of good in the world. And when you do that, nothing else begins to matter because you're just like, I know what I stand for in this world. You don't expect anything other than I'm going to be the superhero. Think about it. Like in all the superhero movies we love, the superheroes don't sit there and be like, okay, now everyone shower me with love. You know, give me a trophy. Tell me I'm great. No, that's, those aren't heroes. What heroes are, the person that shows up, does their job, takes care of everyone, learns, teaches, loves, and is gone. And everyone's like, where did they go? They don't need the reciprocation and the accolades. That's a very culture level thing. They feel good when it happens, but they almost see it the same compliments or criticisms. Don't both kind of bounce off them because they're just doing what they chose to do, right? So if, you're, if you are married and you chose this thing, then it doesn't matter. It's funny, I'll tell you, I went to naturopathic medical school, as you know, and you know, someone who wanted to become a naturopathic doctor asked me, they said, what do you do when people call you like witch doctor or you know, um, you know, not a real doctor, all these kinds of things? And I'm like, honestly, I mean this <laughs> so clearly. I see it almost more as a compliment because that was my choice. Now, if, if I was wishy-washy about that choice, then maybe I would be offended by it. But I actually go, yeah, I'm not a real doctor. I purposely went to a different medical school because I didn't want to be an MD, right? So it's like we have to own our choices. When, we, when we're more culture level, we're unable to own our choices because we're always looking through the lens of what do other people think of my choice? When you go next level, it's more like, this is my choice. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, no big deal to me. Uh, this is my choice. That is the, that's when you know you are deeply in your purpose as a human. You just escape that. And I, I can say proudly, you know, it's, it took a lot of work, you know, easy is earned, you know, so I did, it's not like it was, you know, just happened for me, but I can say that I am very, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much unaffected by both now. You know, it feels good. I'm human. So it can feel good if someone tells me something nice and I might get a brief prick of, annoyance if someone says something wrong, but I immediately switch and just go, doesn't matter to me. I mean, I know what I'm doing and that's the difference. That is, that's it. And I think that's such a valuable lesson for all of us to, to take with us, to identify with what aspects of our life are we living uh, next level or otherwise and where we can make improvements. This has been, you know, absolutely profound conversation. Um, and so much value for me, Jade, and I'm sure equally so for our listeners. Uh, and so with that said, man, um, where can people find out more about everything that you're doing in this mindset realm? Uh, you could probably, probably the best place to get me is on Instagram presently. That's probably going to change at some point, right? Because, you know, social media is changing. Yeah. Um, at Jade Tita on Instagram. And you'll kind of see, I post a lot on metabolism there and a lot on mindset. And I also um, have a website, jadetita.com. And actually it's funny, I'm gonna, I'm doing more podcasting and I'm probably, right now my podcast is called the Jade Tita Podcast, but I'm probably just gonna rebrand it as the Next Level Human Podcast. Because from my perspective, I look at, um, I look at us humans as having four jobs that we have to do. We have to manage finances, we have to manage health and fitness. We have to manage our personal relationships and we have to manage purpose and meaning. And I want to teach in all those four realms um, because I have uh, de developed a level of success in all four areas. And I think all of us need those areas uh, and they don't teach us those in school. So that's what I'm going to be doing more of. And that's the kind of content you'll get from me on Instagram, on my website and on my podcast. But Bro, I really appreciate you. And this to me, right, just, just this conversation, you and I, this is the epitome of uh, next level behavior. You're somebody, and I just want to say this as sort of a final thought, but you're someone who decided, chose, I'm going to make my impact with this. I'm going to teach and learn. And what's great about podcasting is really neat. I, I like is like, we get to learn and teach to each other. Yes. Like, you know, so we get this feedback and this to me, is something that is profound in their, your ability to share. So I will say this to people who are 
sort of anti-social media. Just try this on. You might not like it. To me, I see all the horrible stuff of social media, too, that all of you all see. I also see it as one of the most powerful, amazing ways for us to amplify our purpose into the world, right? And so think about it. It's just like with personal relationships. Uh, it's it's kind of like this. I just heard Gary Vaynerchuk. He said, you know, um, social media is not bad. Social media is just pipes. They're just empty right. pipes. It's what we fill those pipes with that makes the difference. And so to me, if you're listening to this and you're not sharing who you are on social media and not out there being a positive voice in the world, you're letting the base level and culture level types win the game. We need mm -hmm. more next level humans showing up, doing their podcast, lending their voice, learning, teaching, and loving. That's how we do this. So I would say thank you for your work, right? Because I get the chance to do this and learn from you. And anyone else who's listening to this, who's sort of on the fence about sharing, come on, we need your voice in the world. I want to see it. You know, I, I want to see you showing up. Yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, and this thing I'll say. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, man. And this is uh, one of the most valuable things that I do and that I enjoy doing the most is just connecting with other like-minded people. Um, it really is. It, it really is a pleasure. And, and I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, we're all hurting in our own ways. We all have fear and pain. And I think one of the ways that we grow is by sharing that. And um, it doesn't mean you need to go crying on, on social media, but be you and be authentic because other people are going to resonate with that um, and don't feel like it has to be perfect, uh, you know, happy, happy-go-lucky all the time. It's just, just be you because that's what people want to see. That's what people are going to resonate with. That's where everyone is. Yeah. Um, and so, man, it's been such an honor and pleasure. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, I'm sure you are absolutely blown away uh, by this conversation as I am. And do me a favor, if you think that anyone you know can find some value in this, please share it with them and uh, leave a positive review. And I appreciate you guys. Love you guys, all, your listen all of my listeners so much. Thank you. Jade, we'll catch up again soon, brother. Take care. Happy 40th, brother. Love you, man. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye. Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.